Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Reviving Vet Med. I'm really excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking about people-pleasing, something that so many of us in the veterinary industry struggle with, whether it's wanting to please our team members or our clients or our boss. We are going to discuss things like, how do you know if you're a people pleaser? And most importantly, we're going to share five tips for stopping your people-pleasing behaviors. I'm even going to give you an example of how you can say no to a request by email and how you can back out of something that in hindsight you wish you hadn't said yes to. So this is a really great episode, super practical tips, something that so many of us struggle with. I do also want to just let you know that this episode was previously recorded using live video, so some of the audio may not be of the best quality, and you may hear me interacting with some of the live viewers. But with that said, I do think this information is very important and wanted to make sure that we still shared it with you. So without further delay, let's go ahead and get started. This is the Reviving Vet Med Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Marie Holowaychuk. My mission is to improve the mental health and well-being of veterinary professionals around the world. I wanted to share this cartoon that I came across just recently. We were thinking burritos for lunch. I love burritos. Great. And then inside, I hate burritos. So I don't know if this resonates with any of you. I think that um, very often, those of us who are people pleasers, and I am happy to say I'm a recovering people pleaser. I've been much better in the recent years in terms of really sharing truthfully how I feel about something. But very often we sort of bite our tongue or we just go with what we know others will want um, in order to please them. And we end up not having our own needs met or um, doing things that we actually want to do. So how do you know if you are a people pleaser? Well, you might pretend that you agree with everyone else. You may feel responsible for how other people feel. You apologize often. You have trouble saying no. You feel uncomfortable when someone is angry with you. You tend to act like the people around you. So you sort of just kind of want to blend in with everybody and not um, make anyone uncomfortable. You need praise to feel good. You go to great lengths to avoid conflict and you don't admit when your feelings are hurt. So if somebody does upset you, um, you don't speak your mind and let them know. So what ends up happening then um, in terms of uh, people pleasers is they end up putting other people's needs before their own. Um, And it might look something like this if you are in a conversation with another people pleaser. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, whatever you want to do. Well, it's up to you. Well, I'm open to anything. Well, what are you in the mood for? (laughs) And you can imagine how this goes around and around and around. Um, And in my boundaries program, we talk about the different personality types when it comes to boundaries. And if you have two people pleasing tendencies that are together, um, oftentimes neither person ends up doing what they really want to do because they've both both, you know, inherently try to anticipate what the other person's needs are and then neither of their needs end up getting met. Um, so definitely something that you want to um, keep in mind as well. Okay. 
Um, so in veterinary medicine, I think that it is probably, um, you know, I, I don't know this for sure. I don't know the statistics, but I suspect that we have quite a, have quite a large percentage of people pleasers in the profession. We are helping people. Um, and we really are, I think at our happiest when others and our clients and coworkers and everybody else in our lives are happy. Um, but there can be some people pleasing behavior behaviors, um, that you may or may not be aware of. So for example, a veterinarian always being available by phone, email, or walk-in appointment, no matter what they have on the go. So they could be, um, you know, in the midst of a really important family gathering and, you know, they get called and they drop everything and they, you know, deal with that. And it's important to recognize the intention behind these behaviors. So, um, you know, if you absolutely want to be doing this um, because you want to help um, these individuals and there's no other impetus behind it, then great. But if you're doing this because you have other concerns about what that person will think or if they might get upset, then inherently it's a people-pleasing behavior. Um, another example for technicians would be working evenings or weekends or picking up any and all extra shifts no matter what plans they have or how exhausted they are. So you've already got stuff on your plate or stuff you were really excited for, but boom, somebody asks you to pick up a shift and you do because you want to please them. Um, and then practice managers, I've seen this a lot when I do leadership talks on conflict resolution, a lot of practice managers that just do not want to address conflict between coworkers or to address um, toxic behaviors that are in the workplace. and. They're doing this because they're conflict avoidant. They don't want to be the bad person. Um, and uh, again, this is a people pleasing behavior, wanting to not, you know, disrupt anybody else, but then inherently this can really wreak havoc um, on others. So I'm just going to pause there for a moment. I am um, just trying to see if I can get my feed to come up. I've got two computers going so that I can try. There we are. Okay, perfect. So I'm just seeing if I can watch. I'm still, you know, um, getting used to um, all of these changes um, with the Facebook platform and I can't seem to figure out a way to have the comments up at the same time that I'm doing the screen share. So um, I will forge ahead and I will look at the comments at the end. So please bear with me. Um, okay, so let's get to the root then of what causes people pleasing. So people pleasing is inherently driven by fear. So this is a behavior that stems from a concern about what people will think, how will they respond if I say no? Will this impact our relationship? You know, will we still be friends? Will they still um, want to work with me? Will they get angry? Um, and really, ultimately, underneath it, I wish I could say no, but I'm just so scared of what might happen. So this is a fantastic quote, um, basically, that says, people-pleasing is an unintentional form of manipulation. It is a way of saying, I'll do what you want if you'll like me. And so that's a really important thing to keep in mind when you are in a position where you feel like you might be people-pleasing, um, is to really recognize that your 
intention behind it, while manipulation really kind of seems harsh, um, ultimately, and I don't mean this from a harsh perspective, what I mean is that you are trying to manipulate the situation. You are trying to manipulate that other person. And again, not in a bad way, but in a way that you want to do everything you can to make sure that they still like you, that they are not upset, that the situation is unruffled, that the waters are not rippled, whatever you know, um, whatever analogy that you want to use, ultimately it comes down to wanting to manipulate. So what happens then for those of us who do engage in people pleasing behavior is that ultimately we feel resentful, we feel frustrated and because our needs are not being met, which could mean our self care goes out the window, we feel exhausted. Um, and so this is a really, really important behavior to recognize so that you can change it um, as often as you can. It doesn't mean it's going to completely go away, um, but certainly that if you can diminish it and recognize first when you're doing it and then, of course, diminish it, um, then even better. So this is the big thing that I do want to share with all of you today is how do we stop being a people pleaser? Again, like I said, the first step is awareness. Do you have this tendency? And then the second step is to put um, put some strategies in place. So I've got five strategies to share with you today. And the first strategy is to listen to your inner voice. So this goes along with becoming aware of your people pleasing tendencies. So you want to recognize if you feel obligated to do something or if you genuinely want to say yes. So Marie Forleo um, is a famous entrepreneur. You might follow her um, on social media. She has Marie TV. She has this really great um, video that talks about giving to give versus giving to get. So if you really, really want to do something, um, you are giving because you really do want to give to this other person. You do want to show up for this shift or you do want to come in on your day off or whatever it might be, then great. But if you're doing something because you feel obligated or you really want to manipulate the situation um, in terms of controlling this person's um, behavior or response, then that is not um, going to be helpful. Um, should is another word that I really want you to pay attention to. I often joke, and I, I learned this from Jen Brandt, who's a social worker for the AVMA. Jen always says, you know, stop shooting on yourselves. Um, so should is really a red flag that the there is an expectation, but that you don't actually want to do it. So we've all felt ourselves say this, like, oh, I should do that. Oh, I should, you know, call that person. Oh, I really should go in and, you know, phone that client or I really should pick up that extra shift. Um, if you really wanted to, you would just say, I'm going to. You wouldn't be shooting on yourself. So watch when you say should. For me, when I say should about something, I really take a look at what it is and I consider, okay, is this something I really want to do or do I feel an obligation? So pardon me, I, I um, jumped ahead of myself here when I was talking about Marie Forleo. So tip number two, um, the second strategy is to think about your motivation behind it. So versus tip number one, you're listening for that should and that inner voice of obligation. Here, you're thinking about the motivation. So again, are you giving to give because you genuinely want to and you need nothing in return? Or do you want to get something in return? That something in return could be praise, it could be thank you, it could be a 
acknowledgement. It could be, oh, you know, Marie always shows up and she always takes on the extra shifts. You know, for a lot of us, when we're in the habit of being a people pleaser, it feels really good and we feed off of that praise or acknowledgement. But when it comes down to it, we feel really resentful and it starts to take its toll. So I want you to really resist the urge to gain worthiness in that way. There are other ways that you can gain worthiness from the people around you and it doesn't necessarily have to be always doing what they need you to do. So that's tip number two. Um, tip number three is to really remember that most people are rational human beings. Are people going to be disappointed if you say no? Are people going to be inconvenienced if you don't pick up the extra shift? Yes, they very well could be, but they will get over it. People have to understand that everybody's got their own stuff. You've got your priorities too. You're, you've got your needs that need to be met. And what we know in the sphere of veterinary well-being is that if we are not first filling our cups and doing what we need to do to stay rested and healthy and well, then we are not going to be able to look after everyone else. And trust me, I've been there. I've been the people pleaser where I say yes to everything and then I show up and I'm not showing up as my best self. I'm showing up cranky, tired, resentful, and then nobody wants to be around me because clearly I didn't want to be there in the first place. So trust me, once you get in the habit of setting healthy boundaries, it will become easier because you will see, oh, that wasn't so bad. And I've learned this in my own life. And you know, even if you need to tell yourself, you know what, I'm just gonna do a little experiment. This one time I'm gonna say no, and I'm just gonna see what happens. And what you'll see is that people are fine with it. They understand, yeah, they might say, gosh, well, that's too bad. You know, thanks for letting me know. But most people are not gonna fly off the handle. They're going to be rational. They're gonna be understanding. And once you see that, you will learn that it's okay if I set boundaries. It's okay if I say no. It's okay if I don't bend to everyone else's needs. So tip number four um, is hiding your needs isn't helpful. So this is, I'll go back to the story that I just shared um, where as a, as a people pleaser, you know, I would really say yes to everything and show up, you know, when I really didn't want to. So, you know, I'll give a bit more of a specific example. So, um, you know, recently I mentioned at the beginning of the presentation that I had a baby girl in June. And so I started coming back to work in January, a little bit before, but official work obligations, you know, meetings and speaking engagements and so on um, was in January. And as you can imagine, you know, being off for six months, I had a lot of a backlog of people who wanted to have meetings and deadlines that I had to meet and this, that and the other. And, you know, I wanted to please everyone. It's like, I'm just coming back to work. I really want to do what everybody needs me to do. And so I just said yes to everything. I crammed my schedule, you know, um, overbooked myself and the days were frantic. Um, you know, keep in mind, my daughter was still at home. I had part-time help, but I was still, you know, ducking out to feed her and, you know, to, to take care of my own needs, um, which is ended up what, what ended up taking the back burner. So, I mean, there was a couple of days where I went the entire day back-to-back -back meetings and presentations um, without properly eating or tending to myself and what happened at the end of the day 
I was frustrated and exhausted. So what then happens the next day is I show up and I am cranky and I'm not showing up as my best self. And this can happen in our relationships. So if you hide your needs in your relationship, when you sh- when your true feelings come out, the other person is confused because they're like, well, you signed up for this. Like you, you told me you wanted to you know, go to this restaurant and and have this dinner. And now you're, you know, it's like you don't want to be here. And that can be hurtful to the other person. They they can't read your mind. They don't know what's happening. Um, People are really good at taking things personally. And so they might think that they did something to bring this on. And ultimately, um, this is going to really break relationships down. So As scary as it is to set healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries are what provide clear expectations in relationships. They build a foundation of trust. And ultimately, we start to gravitate towards people who also are strong in their boundaries because we know they're going to tell it like it is. And and I, I would say the vast majority of my friends are like this because they appreciate that trait in me and I appreciate it in them, where if something's not right, we're going to let each other know. If I really need to do something, then I'm I'm going to be honest about it, um, you know, and, and then there's no, there's no confusion. There's no resentment and the relationships will really flourish. So the last strategy um, is uh, tip number five. You can say no and still remain pleasant. So a lot of people feel like if I say no, people are going to think I'm difficult. People are going to think I'm not a team player. People are going to think I'm being rude. Um, People pleasing is not the only way to be considerate. There are other ways that you can be kind and considerate. We can do this by acknowledging the person's efforts. We can show empathy for their difficult situation. We can have compassion for them, but we can still say no. You can still stand up for what you need in that situation. And I'm going to give you a couple examples now because I know that this can be difficult. So I want to give an example of an email. um, And this is a script that I use if I have to say no to someone. So again, um, you know, somebody emails you, um, I need you to, I I, I want you to join this committee or, um, I'm inviting you to coach, you know, we, our coach stopped coaching the soccer team. So we want you to coach the soccer team, whatever it is. Um, I want you to consider how you're going to respond. So first and foremost, you want to compliment what the person is doing and be grateful that they asked you. So, um, you know, for example, um, for me, if I am asked to do a speaking engagement that I'm not really keen to do or I can't do for whatever reason, I would say, you know, I'm so flattered that you would ask me to speak at your event. It sounds like an awesome event and, you know, clearly you've done a lot of planning to to get things underway. Then I would say very clearly and concisely that my response is no. So I'm turning down the request. So uh, some example, an example would be, unfortunately, I've just got too much on my plate right now and I'm going to have to say no. The third thing that you want to include is some sort of well wishes, or if you can, even better would be to offer an alter- alternative. So if you've asked, been asked to take a shift, maybe you can't take that shift, but you can swap your other shift with a different shift or you know um maybe you can't coach the soccer team but you would be happy to volunteer for some other role 
Um, or you just say, you know what, I, I wish you well. Like, I, I'm sorry that I can't help you, but this sounds awesome and let me know how it goes. So again, for me as a speaker, I would say, um, you know, I know a lot of great speakers who talk about emergency and critical care. Let me know if you would like me to put you in touch. Good luck and I can't wait to hear how it goes. So again, if you're reading this message, yes, the person is saying no, but what a lovely message. You know, clearly they're very, you know, grateful for the request. They can't do it, but maybe they can even help you um, with, what, with what you want to get done. Um, and for the people pleasers in the group who have just completely overcommitted yourselves, you're like, yeah, you know what, this is all fine and good, but I have committed to so many things and I just, I'm just totally overwhelmed at this moment. Um, maybe you need to back out of a commitment and there are ways that you can do this that are still reasonable and, um, you know, don't end up putting the, the other party off too much. So first and foremost, you want to acknowledge that you agree to the commit to the request. So don't pretend like you forgot or, you know, that, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so just told me I had no idea. Really acknowledge it. I know I promised that I would whatever it is. I know I promised that I would write an article um, for your summer newsletter. Um, and then the next thing is an apology and an explanation. Things have changed and things have come up and I am no longer able to commit. I'm really sorry about this. Then you can offer a solution. I don't want to leave you hanging. Can I defer my article to the fall newsletter or, um, you know, I have a neighbor who would be really interested in writing the article. Could I put the two of you in touch? Whatever it is, if you can offer a solution or an alternative, great. Um, and then being open to questions, concerns, or feedback. So the person might be a little bit blindsided by this. So you might say, you know, please give me a call if you want to talk about this further. Um, some way to close it that isn't just completely shutting it down, but is inviting questions or concerns or ongoing dialogue from that individual. Um, so that's just an example of how you can back out of a commitment again, um, because you, you, you were people pleasing and you overcommitted yourself and guess what? We've all been there and, um, and that's okay. Okay, so here's what I want you really to leave with today is the simple truth that you cannot be everything to everyone. And so often in veterinary medicine, you know, we we put ourselves on the back burner. We want to be there for our clients. We obviously want to serve our patients. We don't want to let our coworkers down. We don't want to let our boss down. And then, you know, there's our family um, and our partner and our pets that we need to look after. Um, it's just not possible to do it all. If you really spend your time trying to please everyone, I promise you that you will end up burnt out, exhausted, frustrated, and potentially really compromising some of those relationships that you're trying to help. So I really like this um, particular uh, quote. It says, you can't control everything. You'll be much happier when you stop trying. So please stop trying to control situations and other people by being a people pleaser. When you can put your own needs first as a priority, you will be a healthier, happier individual. And I know for me, it's tough to say no, but I am so much better as a, you know, a coworker, as a, as a, you know, as a, a vet, veterinary professional and, you know, as a mom, quite frankly, when I can make sure that my needs are met first. 
So for everyone, say it with me. People pleasing is no longer an option because I am adopting the radical belief that my ideas, thoughts, and feelings matter too. And that my needs are important is what I would add on to the end of that quote. So that's it for this episode of Reviving Vet Med. I hope that you took away some practical tips for stopping your people-pleasing tendencies. I know that these tips have really helped me to reduce this tendency over the years. And I hope that you will think about one thing that you can do right away after today's episode to help curb your people-pleasing tendencies. And if you are one of the lucky ones who isn't a people pleaser, then I would recommend that you share this podcast episode with someone else who you think might benefit. If you're enjoying these episodes, please rate and review Reviving Vet Med on your podcast platform and recommend the podcast to someone else. We really appreciate it. I'd like to thank my podcasting superhero, Darby Rolf, for producing this episode. And I'd also like to take the time to thank you for listening. I hope that you'll tune in again. And in the meantime, take care of yourself.